Tullow musician releases his new single this week. Article by Elizabeth Lee. A young musician from Tullow is about to release a single, Only If You Knew, which he wrote during lockdown. PM Beats, better known as Patsy Murphy to his family and friends, wrote and recorded the single, plus an upcoming EP titled Aspects, in his mini-studio at his home in Tullow. The EP talks about life as a young person embarking into adulthood, explained Patsy. There's a song for everyone on it, and Only If You Knew represents the emotional strength of putting hard work into something you love, regardless of any obstacles. 19-year-old Patsy is studying music production at Carlo Institute for Further Education and Training, and, like other students across the world, has been studying remotely. However, rather than seeing the lockdown as a setback to his career, Patsy says that the lockdown has helped him to focus on his music throughout the past 12 months. I just kept working away at my music during the lockdown. It helped keep my head straight, continued Patsy. Music is an ongoing experience, like anything else in life. Patsy, who is the son of Mick and Catherine Murphy, has ambitions to continue his career in the music business as a writer and producer and cites such Irish rappers as, as Upbeat and Creole Ghost. His single, Only If You Knew, is available from the 3rd of March on Spotify, YouTube and other platforms. Phony war begins over where New Tech University HQ should be located. Article by Michael Tracy. Recent rumours of where the headquarters of the proposed Technological University for the Southeast, that's TUSE, will be located, have been described as entirely speculative. In recent weeks, Waterford politicians have lined up to claim that the headquarters of TUSE should be in Waterford, in some cases comparing IT Carlow negatively with Waterford IT, WIT. It comes at a sensitive time, as the two colleges prepare an application for technological university status, which must be submitted by the 28th of April. While there has been no decision about a headquarters, or what that would even entail, the issue has clearly vexed public representatives in Waterford. Waterford Deputy Matt Shanahan told a recent sitting of the Dáil that there should be no question about the location of the headquarters. The Independent TD said, We should recognise where the competencies lie. He claimed that WIT took in €21 million in research last year, while IT Carlo took in €1.2 million. He complained about a recent funding announcement of €193 million for Irish research centres, but not for WIT. He said that this was because we are being browbeaten into a process. I promised the Taoiseach that Waterford will not accept that, he warned. Waterford Finnegales Senator John Cummins stated that the budget and staff of WIT are essentially double those of IT Carlow. The number of full-time students in Waterford was 6,634, compared with 4,454 in Carlow. While Senator Cummins said the Waterford Institute attracted more research funding in the information and technology sector than all the other institutes of technology combined. I mention these statistics not in any way to discredit the fantastic work that the staff at IT Carlow do, but to emphasise that the headquarters of the new university 
should be located in the area that has the critical mass of full-time students and, more important, in one of the four areas which the National Planning Framework has identified for targeted ambitious growth of at least 50% out to 2040. Waterford representatives have also shared groundless speculation that Kilkenny may be chosen as a compromise location for TUSE. Higher Education Minister Simon Harris rubbished talks of a Kilkenny headquarters and also dismissed the idea that a decision had been made on its location. He described the uninformed speculation as divisive and counterproductive. I stress that is nothing more than idle speculation. The factual position is that no decision has been made on a headquarters and anyone stating otherwise or claiming it will be one location is doing so baselessly. Taoiseach Michal Martin has also commented on the headquarter rumours, saying it would be wrong to create division in the area, while Tanishta Leo Varadkar has stated that people should not be looking for reasons to row, and the focus should be on a technological university in the southeast. Asked recently about the focus on TUSE headquarters, IT Carlo President Dr Patricia Mulcahy said, This is not the way we are thinking at the moment, but it will be a matter for the new organisation. We envisage faculties that are cross-campus so that one discipline is not confined to a particular campus, but that it can serve the needs of the region. The next step towards TUSE is an application for technological university status that must be submitted by the 28th of April, which would then be reviewed by an international panel. Next January is the deadline for technological university designation. A spokesperson for IT Carlo told the Nationalist, The various discussions over the last six weeks by local representatives and unofficial spokespersons on the location of the new Technological University headquarters are entirely speculative. No decision has been made. The current focus is on preparing for the submission of the TU application to the Minister next month, the 28th of April. Speaking to the Nationalist, Deputy Jennifer Murnane O'Connor agreed with a suggestion that the speculation was unhelpful to the formation of TUSE. 2022 is the given day when we will have technological university status. That is the commitment from the government, from the Taoiseach and Minister Simon Harris, she said. As a proud Carlo person, I'm going to make sure I fight for Carlo, given the opportunity, but I do not want to interfere with what's happening now. The main thing is we get the technological university status. For Carlo, it's absolutely massive for jobs to keep our students in the southeast. It's going to be a huge game changer for Carlo. 1.5 million euro adaptation grant for elderly and disabled. Article by Michael Tracy. More than 1.5 million euro has been allocated to housing adaptation grants for Carlo's elderly and disabled. Carlow County Council will receive a total of €1,605,773 for the Housing Adaptation Grant Scheme, which aims to provide quality of life for elderly people and those with disabilities. The scheme supports home adaptations for older people, those with a disability and people with mobility issues. 80% of the total is provided by the Department of Housing. 
with 20% funding from the local authority. Grants of up to €30,000 are available to assist people with a disability in carrying out necessary works to make a house more suitable for their needs. Up to €8,000 to assist older people to have necessary repairs or improvements carried out and up to €6,000 for mobility aids. TD won't take pay rise. Article by Michael Tracy. Carlo TD Jennifer Mernane O'Connor said she will not be taking a controversial pay increase that will push a TD's salary to over €100,000 a year. The increase, which comes on stream in July, will see a TD's basic salary of 98113 rise to 100191 Deputy Jennifer Mernane O'Connor said she has been contacted by many people concerned about the matter and wished to stress that she would not be taking the pay rise. I have seen myself during COVID-19 how many people are struggling and I won't be accepting it, she said. Sister Mary celebrates her 100th birthday in style. Article by Suzanne Pender. A remarkable woman has survived cancer, a heart attack and COVID-19 to reach the incredible age of 100. Sister Mary Brophy, originally from Kellistown, Carlow, celebrated her 100th birthday last Tuesday, the 23rd of February, in Castle Ross Nursing Home, Carrickmacross, County Monaghan. Daughter of Thomas and Jane Brophy of Kellistown, Sister Mary is now the last surviving member of their seven children, but has many cousins and relatives still living in County Carlow. Sister Mary entered St. Louis Convent Monaghan on the 24th of September 1941, so not only does 2021 mark her milestone birthday, but also her 80 years as a St. Louis sister. Due to COVID-19 restrictions, neither family members nor the sisters in Iona House, Carrickmacross, were able to visit Sister Mary in person on her birthday, but came up with the novel idea of recording their birthday wishes on their mobile phones. The nursing home pulled out all the stops to give Sister Mary a safe and memorable birthday, and of course, she was delighted to receive her cheque from President Michael D. Higgins. We were very disappointed not to be able to be there, as were her three nieces in Wexford. But we keep in contact with her all the time, and we will see her again when we can, said Sister Mary's niece, Mary McCabe from Tullow. Auntie May was very close to my mother, who died last August. They'd call each other all the time and send each other things, and of course visit whenever they could, added Mary. Mary's mother, Patricia, Patty McCabe, Nee Brophy of Bridge Street Tullow died last August and for many years ran the well-known butchers in Tullow. Physically, Auntie Mary's in great health. She survived cancer, then in 1995 she had a heart attack and survived that. Then last year she got COVID-19 and again survived that. She's great. She'd always recognise your voice on the phone, said Mary. Sister Mary loves nature and is a very kind, considerate woman. Family is also very important to Sister Mary, and in the past, she loved nothing more than a trip to Tullow, Kellistown or Wexford. Early in her vocation, Sister Mary went from Monaghan to England, but in 1952 returned to Ireland, this time to Kiltima in County Mayo. 
Sister Mary loved the West and spent 18 happy years there from 1953 to 1970. In the 1970s, she returned to England again for two years, after which she returned to Ireland, this time to Monaghan, where she was guest mistress. In 1979, Sister Mary was appointed to Carrick-Macross, where she became actively involved in the world-renowned Carrick-Macross Lace, playing a very active role in enhancing and promoting this distinctive traditional lace. Sister Mary had a great rapport with the Carrick-Macross lace workers and loved nothing more than to drive out to visit them in their homes in the locality. She moved to Castle Ross Nursing Home in 2008 and has lived a very happy, contented life there over the past 13 years. Banks to Close in Tullow and Burris, article by Elizabeth Lee. Bank of Ireland is to close its branches in Burris and Tullow from September and instead has struck up a new partnership with Unpust to provide banking services locally. The bank said the closures were a response to how people are banking as footfall at the closing branches is down by an average of 60% since 2017, while digital use has increased by one-third. Nationally, Bank of Ireland will permanently shut the doors of 88 branches in September. The branches that are closing are predominantly self-service facilities with no counter-service. Councillor William Patton has described the decision to close both the Tullow and Burris branches as very disappointing but hardly surprising as Bank of Ireland has been running down counter and lending services at Tullow for several years now. There is no doubt that Bank of Ireland is exploiting the COVID-19 crisis to drive down its costs. The bank's ruthlessly opportunistic plans to cull 88 branches in towns across the state will have an even more severe and direct impact on the fabric of communities across the country than Ulster Bank's recent announcement given their extensive reach. Physical bank branches are intrinsic to the commercial and social life of Main Street Ireland, particularly in small towns. But it seems that this is a factor of limited interest to the Central Bank of Ireland as the regulator. Light at the end of the tunnel as over 85s get Covid vaccine. Article by Elizabeth Lee. There was a great sense of relief and excitement last week when patients aged 85 and older received their first COVID-19 vaccine in the Weaver's Square family practice in Baltinglass. It was really emotional for us and our patients, practice manager Mary Owens told the Nationalist. It was very emotional because some of the patients hadn't been out of the house since last March. They were delighted to get it. Even those who would have been nervous were still thrilled. Doctors Maeve Cummins and Donald Curran, along with nurses Sinead Whelan and Geraldine Doyle, administered 160 vaccines to people, including sprightly 96-year-old Cecilia O'Connor, who was their oldest patient and the first person to receive the jab. Among the others were husband and wife Johnny and Margaret Kenny, also from Baltinglass. We had a good few couples in together, so that was lovely too. We had a one-way system in place to avoid congestion. It was so important to protect everyone. This is all new to us, but everything went smoothly and no one was kept waiting, so well done to the doctors and nurses, added Mary. It's brilliant. 
It's a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't it? Hardy Books Brave Icy Waters for Pieta House Article by Suzanne Pender Plummeting temperatures and icy waters prove no match for a hardy bunch of Carlo lads who bravely took on the bracing Freeze Brewery Challenge. Every day for the entire month of February, the group of seven twenty-somethings fearlessly took the plunge into the river, staying in one minute on the first day of the month and then adding an extra minute every day to finish the month on Sunday with a truly Baltic 28 minutes in the water. The incredible mind-over-matter experience was all in aid of the very worthy cause of Pieta House, with more than €3,000 already raised on the group's GoFundMe page. The friends are Paul Harland, Jake Lockab, Lee Walker, Rhys Deneef, James McGrath and brothers Barry and Gavin Power, who, donning nothing more than their swimming togs, face the chilly waters daily. Your body does adjust to it, yeah. Your body is screaming to get out of the water, but your head won't let you, smiles Paul Harland. It was very, very hard some days, especially in the frost and snow, he adds. The boys began their challenge in the River Burren at Benikerry, but when the local fields flooded, they moved to the River Barrow before finishing the challenge on Sunday in the reservoir in Kaleshin. With so many people struggling at the moment, we just thought it was a really good challenge and a great cause, said Paul. With all the group still working on weekdays, their Freesbury challenge often took place in darkness, with the weekends the only days they could take advantage of whatever sun there was. It was a big commitment, but we are absolutely delighted we did it. All of us really looked forward to it every day, and had some great crack and great laughs doing it. We'd bring the speaker down and be singing and dancing anything to keep ourselves in the water, says Paul. It kept us all going too. We're all going to miss it now, he adds. The health benefits of their ice-cold challenge have also been remarkable. Cold water therapy is great for the immune system and your metabolism, your muscles. You'd be surprised how good you feel after it. All this month we've been feeling great after it, adds Paul. To donate on the GoFundMe page, search Freesbury Challenge Carlo. Car tire slashed in Tommy Murphy Park. Article by Elizabeth Lee. Gardaí are investigating an incident where the tire of a car was slashed in Tommy Murphy Park, Greg Cullen, on Saturday, the 27th of February. The car, a silver Toyota Corolla, was parked outside a house when the tire on the front passenger side was damaged. The incident occurred in the early hours of Saturday morning. Contact Gardaí and Carlo with any information on 059 91 36620.